Good evening and welcome to the Psychic Talk Show. I'm Ace tonight. Of course, with me in the co-host seat is Techie Joe. And we've got the authors of the new book, Money is Just an Energy Game Out. So guys, welcome to the show. Introduce yourselves and then tell us a little bit about what got you to this to the book. Okay, well, thank you for having us on. I am Peg Donahue. I'm a feng shui practitioner. I also do um, a lot of energy work, clearing spaces, clearing people of negative energy. I do coaching. And um, together, Madeline and I have um, been collaborating for about 20 years, probably 20 years. And um, we met while we were both taking prosperity training courses a few decades ago. And then we put together three programs, Eight Keys to the Ultimately Prosperous Business. We put together a program about conscious language. And a third program called Take an Energy Inventory for Prosperity. So all of our work has been about prosperity, all mm -hmm. of our um, collective work. And then we decided we'd like to take this to a larger audience. So that's when we decided to, to write the book. We started about 2011. We wrote that book over a period of seven years. And finally, we, we, first we were ahead of our time. And then we realized, oh, my gosh, we really need to get this information out to the public. <laughs> teach people about how to cultivate prosperity for yourself and so um that brought us to this point awesome. yes so tell us a little bit about the book you know it's kind of a play on words but at the same time it's really easy to remember okay well i'm, I'm madeline gerwick and i'm an astrologer business and economic astrologer and the book is actually about how energy is really at the heart of everything there's nothing that isn't made up of energy. Everything in the entire universe is made up of energy. And so this book is really about how you are either energetically attracting or pushing money away all the time that you're awake. <laughs> and so there's, but we're not aware of it because we're not trained in energy. Uh -huh. so, so Peg and I have put together as many facets as we could possibly discover that were impacting your energy and your energy is essentially the same as your money. Mm -hmm. So if your energy goes low for any reason, your money is energetically pushing away from you. And if your energy is high and happy or strong, then money is attracted to you. Mm -hmm likes high energy so that is really the sort of crux of the book and it leads you through uh, over a hundred tools and techniques that are impacting your or can impact your energy in a positive way and your money in a positive way interesting it's like recently i heard that money is suddenly being attributed to mercury and astrology and i'm like Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say about that one, Madeline? <laughs> <laughs> like all the, all the, all the, 
But I will say this. All of it is now all communication in the internet base that it would be so attributed to Mercury. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I still like Venus to hold my purse. Well, the one way that Mercury is related to money is it represents bank account transactions mm-hmm. and, and all, all transactions in general. So when Mercury goes slow, which it has been lately because it just went forward mm-hmm. and it was retrograde for a while. So when it's slow, you'll notice that transactions are slower. Mm-hmm. And and income, you know, for a business may be slower, uh-huh. depending on what type of business it is and so forth. But <clears throat> commonly, right, money slows down when Mercury is slow. So there is a there is a connection between money and Mercury. Uh, but in general, Venus represents the actual. Uh, yeah, green <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I just, I, I listened to the astrologer and I went, oh, okay. Interesting, interesting. No, we're not changing the science of almost 3,000 years. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> but there Thank is you. that connection. There is right. that connection. So yeah. how do you play with energy, with the money energy then, when it's like hitting the astrology problems? I mean, we've got this Jupiter going retrograde we've got saturn sitting there yapping at him going you have to do this this and this so how (laughs) do you use your book to counteract that okay well (laughs) in the book we actually have a lot of different ways that you can increase your vibration or increase your energy and so while you may encounter a challenge in terms of money slowing down let's just say mercury's slow for example you could also ramp it up by changing your energy you see so you're not actually dependent on the outward economy for your personal economic situation Uh it's always your energy that's basically the result of whatever is in your bank account and usually it's about raising your energy level, raising your vibe. Yeah. You know, most of us do not need to lower it at all, but yeah. you know, pull, pull ourselves up. And so a big part of it is your beliefs about money. So think back to how you, how you grew up, your parents, what they said, your grandparents, your ancestors. What were the stories related to money and prosperity? Was it easy to come by? Was it hard? Do you have to work hard to be successful? I grew up in a family of um, nine kids. My dad often worked three jobs. My mom worked as kids. You know, we were all out getting jobs as soon as we could, you know, just to really help out and put ourselves through college and and the like. So we learned that, you know, um, you have to work hard to be successful. And when I realized that, you know, well into a a different career, a, a corporate career, I was like, no wonder I'm working 60, 70, 80 hour weeks because that is a belief, you know, that's been entrenched in me. And then when I discovered um, metaphysics, feng shui, energy, uh, prosperity, how all of this happens, um, I realized, wow, we can let these go. So one of the things we do in the book is I lead everybody through an emotional heat, freedom and healing release, a tapping section, acupressure tapping to release common beliefs about money, about money being hard to come by or money being a challenge or money being difficult. 
Mm -hmm. And so because we hold these beliefs at the cellular level, they get encoded in our cells. And Bruce Lipton's done a, a lot of work around this. And he wrote out a book called The Biology of Belief. And he wrote about how these beliefs are really encoded in our cells. So, But you can let them go. You can let them go and you can change your beliefs around that and change your, your patterns, your money patterns as a result. Very and her and, and the emotional freedom and healing release re releases those beliefs and those patterns at the cellular level. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it bypasses the mind and it's highly effective. We have found it to be the most effective release that we have come up with. Very and you really right. need to have something like that to release these old things out of your body. Right. And it's free with the book. Right. So for everyone who has the book, it's in chapter two. There's a link to a 45-minute recording on the web. And it's we recommend that you do it as um, often as is appropriate for you. You know, if you're when you recognize that you're harboring um, beliefs that are contrary to prosperity or being able to attract what you want, it's time to do that release. Or if you're in anxiety. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're not sure you're going to make that payment, you know. <laughs> that's a good time to do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really good absolutely. Time I don't know. I tend to find that people do do get into those problems at the 11, 1145 is when they start freaking out about money problems or money issues. Um, you know, that's why I'm always like, no, you need to know where your money is. You need to have a good vibration about that money. Have your, you know, dream, you know, your dream board, your affirmation board, whatever you want to call the board where you put where you want your balances at. Vision board. Yeah. Vision yeah. board. Yeah. It depends on the practitioner what they call it sure of what you want and then also with money and money energy we always have to remember that yeah you got to see yourself being bigger and more and you know but also it's that self-worth thing absolutely yeah and working you know and raising that energy but then working with that energy mm-hmm and, and believing. So many people harbor a, a belief that I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. Or there's a, there's a lot of people around me who need it more than I do. So they think that by, you know, staying low or, you know, being poor, that they're helping others when really they're not. You, you can only give away what you've cultivated within yourself. And it, so it helps to, you know, money makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's all about raising our own vibration. That's what our, our lives, I, I believe, are about. And, right. um, and changing know. them. And it, for the better. For the better. Now, and there's not a, there's not a, this is not a win-lose proposition. The universe doesn't work in the sense that if I have more money, then you have less. That's not how it works. It's only delivering to you exactly where your vibration is and your beliefs are around this issue. Mm -hmm. So it, it it's basically delivering to you whatever it is that you allow the universe to deliver to you. Mm -hmm. You see, it's it's not yeah, and and it's and the universe keeps expanding, and right. so does the economy. So it's not like, you know, if if you're prosperous and we're all prosperous, the economy expands. It, Very it, nice. and what right. people don't get is like, you know, they'll say, Oh, there's only so much money in the world. Not really. No, that's it, not the way it, it keeps works. coming. <laughs> it keeps coming and coming. And money in itself 
the only time that the federal programs have ever ran short on money is during COVID and they couldn't print quarters. Oh, <laughs> that's great. A bank will print you more money. Yes. You have no problem feeding in the amounts into the bank account. And that's the hardest. That's the second thing that I have the most problem with. The other problem I have with is people will start doing either this book or they'll, you know, run on to Abraham Hicks's book on financial freedom or they'll run on to the secret. And I'm sure you guys hear this all the time. And then they forget that the universe delivers what you ask for. You want to make more money? Yep. Great. So can you remember the store? I got 20 bucks. I'll pay you. No, I can't do that. <laughs> I never get that people do not like put a, a dollar stamp on that energy. Where mm -hmm. you want to the next, the next step. There. So they have to want to change. Each right. individual has to want to be more prosperous and cultivate that within themselves as well. And they have different things that they want. You see, different people don't necessarily want to be millionaires, right. but they want to live a happy life. They don't want to be financially stressed. They want to be able to support their family and friends and their business if they have one. They, they want to be able to enjoy the benefits of being here on earth. And so <laughs> there are a lot of different ways that that can happen. And it's not that everybody is going to be a millionaire because not everybody wants to be a millionaire. Right. Or so, if everybody was a millionaire, then there'd be a gazillionaire. You know, that someone's yeah. Probably <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. So I being being clear about what you want is a first step. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. St starting there. And taking. And we do have. Well, I was going to say we do have a, a sacred prosperity commitment that we in the book that we ask everyone to print out, sign it, and read it out loud, sign and date it, and and read it every day for at least a month so it really gets into your body, into your mind in a deeper way than just a one-time thing. And then you can also, uh, Peg has a contract that she wrote in there as an example of a personal one that you can create for yourself. So this is the part where you're setting intention to create a prosperous life. Right. And then after intention, you do need to take inspired action. We all need to, to put yeah. the principles into action. Right. And, and take action versus just sitting around and uh, expecting, you know, things to happen. Right. So you put it out there, you take inspired action, but then you also be open to whatever it is you want, showing up in different ways, showing up even better um, than mm -hmm. you anticipated. So it may not. So if you're stuck on seeing your vision one way, it may show up another way and you might miss it totally thinking, well, I didn't ask for that but it may be the essence of what you want, you had asked for, what you were intending. So holding a larger vision is something that we recommend. Mm -hmm. so we, how does Shin Fein fall into this? I mean, we talked about astrology and rising to that yeah. vibration. How does the your side of it fit in? Sure. Well, so, so feng shui is really about the art and science of your space. The premise is that you and your space are energetically connected, that your space, your, your house, your, your office, wherever you are, is a mirror image of your energy. 
So we talk about feng shui being the art and science of living in harmony with nature. So the idea is to set up your space so that it is attracting um, good, positive energy. It's coming in and meandering around. And then as it's meandering around, it's also bringing in, you, you know, activating your intentions. Mm -hmm. And one of the um, aspects we work, work, work with in Western feng shui, and I do both Western and um, traditional feng shui, is we place a symbolic map of life issues over your space. So this is called the feng shui bagua. Think of it as a tic-tac-toe board that you just put over your space as a map of your area. It can be your house, it can be any room in your house, it can be your workspace. So it's a grid of nine. And you stand at the entryway. So you stand at your front door, maybe the entryway to your office. And your entryway could be, it could be a center entrance, it could be on the left, it could be on the right, it doesn't matter. But from that entryway, the the leftmost corner, the back rear corner on the left, that is the area that relates to prosperity or, or wealth, what we call wealth and um, prosperous blessings. So in that area in particular, when I go in, when, and many people call feng shui practitioners to help them get prosperity flowing, I will go and I'll look for certain things. I'll look for a good flow of energy. I'll look um, to make sure that it's unobstructed. If I find you know, obstructions or blockages will um, work to, to alleviate those or to remove those. Your windows, you want to make sure all your windows go up and down. They're in great um, working order. Plumbing and electric, um, they relate to health and um, your money, finances as well. So you want to make sure that um, those are in top operational condition. You want to make sure doors open fully, that we don't have a lot of stuff behind a door where it, it can't open because that's how energy um, comes into you as well. Clutter. Clutter is anything that you don't use or you don't love. So, uh, and we all have clutter to one degree or another. And paper piles. <laughs> yeah, paper piles, book piles, you know, uh, you name it, collections, you know, those sorts of things. So again, you use the rule, um, do I love it or do I use it? If you don't love it or, or you don't use it, then that is ripe to be passed on to somebody else, you know, pass it along to somebody else who would really love it or would really use it. Doesn't mean you have to keep all of these things in your space. It's great to have some open space throughout your home, throughout your business, throughout your office, because the open space helps to attract opportunity. That's where creativity happens. And so if our space is so full or so cluttered that, you know, we don't have extra room in there, it's, you're going to have, um, it's going to be a challenge cultivating more prosperity. And then when, once you assess your space and it's in good shape, you can go on and you can enhance it. So you can enhance the wealth area with something like a fresh green plant or fresh flowers. You might put a mirror in there. Um, because mirrors um, represent water energy. It could be a water feature that's in there. You could also put a treasured item. You can put money in there. You could put a piggy bank in there. Um, all sorts of things. You can place your intentions, write down your intentions. And writing intentions down is so, so powerful. Scribing, what I call scribing or um, journaling, you know, just writing, being in the habit of writing down. And I learned this years and years ago that when I write something down, it gets imprinted in my brain and imprinted in my cells. And usually I don't have to go back to my notebook wherever I wrote it because I know it. Mm -hmm. 
and, and, and just writing it down. So, so journaling is very powerful. And there's an exercise that you can do of just writing um, what I want and why I want it. And so you can write that down. You can place that in your wealth area. So it's all about, so the feng shui piece of it is about energizing your environment because that environment is mirroring your inner self. Mm -hmm. And um, I can definitely see that. I can see yeah. how it works, how that vibrates. I don't know, some poems I walk into and it is just like a morgue. Yeah. You know. so, the, so the energy would be very heavy and very low. Right. Yeah. yeah not moving and they're like well I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I, and I love these people who go in and get a book normally it's a work book and they'll call me I've been doing this money spell for three weeks and it's not working <laughs> what have you done with it right 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 I'm trying to get a job I've got a job I'm trying to vibrate to attract this job okay have you put in any applications <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good start. That's a very good start. And then we take it deeper. We, we take it back to, you know, the source. What are your beliefs or how are you feeling about this? Do you feel that, say, a job would be easy to get? What type of job would you love to have? You know, really focus on the intention behind it, help people clarify what is it that you really want. And what we've found in our own practices is Many people are focused so much on what they don't want. You know, I don't want this or I don't want that. But and I'll often I'll listen. I'll say, okay, now what do you want? Well, I just told you what I want. I said, no, no. You told me what you don't want. Oh, mm -hmm. I said, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And then they'll sit back and say, you know, I don't know. And I said, that's a great place to start. It's okay not to know what you, you know, what you want, but you can start there. So let's start with what you don't want. And you can just take a piece of paper, fold it in half vertically, write down all those things you don't want because they are the clues and they're the beginning. That's, that's where you're starting from. Mm -hmm. It's the beginning to identify what it is you do want mm -hmm. and you can flip them around. And then it becomes a, a practice. It takes some energy and it takes effort. It takes concentration mm -hmm. to, change your language, change your energy around it to flip it from what I don't want to what I do want. And we have um, two chapters in the book, um, The Art of Conscious Language and the Power of Words to help people recognize some of the stories that we tell ourselves or some of the sayings that we, you may have grown up with. Mm -hmm. Just to recognize those, to begin to let the, not begin, but to let them go and begin to speak and communicate in terms of what you do want versus what you don't want. And it may take months. It may take some people years, but you can improve. You can improve every day and you can catch yourself when those words are coming out. And, yeah. uh, you know, I caught myself one day years ago when it was, you have to work hard to be successful. I remember telling my, one of my brothers that. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's my belief. I need to <laughs> let that go because no wonder I'm working so hard. Mm -hmm. And then, so I recognize that and I changed that. And then I used to have a, you know, I used to have multiple page to-do lists. Madeline often laughs when she hears about that, but but I did. And I would, I would copy them over and over, you know, and they wouldn't get shorter. And then I, I came up with, and I put it in the book. It's called My Daily Focus. I use one page every day. I have nine items on there, you know, to, to focus on or up to nine that I'll write down. I have a column for the universe to do. 
I have spaces to write six statements of gratitude. So it's a, it's a really a worksheet putting many of the principles that we have talked about in this book, putting them into action every day. I have used this worksheet for well over 10 years, probably going on um, close to 15. And it has these little nuggets in there of many of these um, principles. And it really helps me. And one of the things I really noticed in the column for the universe to do, that that column came, I used to put things on there, you know, extras, I put extras, the things, you know, I would spill over my nine things to do and have some extras. <laughs> and then I noticed one day, oh my gosh, the things that I have for the universe to do, they're getting done before I get my things done. It might be, you know, somebody <laughs> to contact me. Yes, <laughs> and, that, and that person would contact me or, or you, know, it's a, you know, I would just be able to cross these items off my to-do list. And it's like, oh my gosh. So I started playing with that column a little bit differently. And, and, and it, it's really fun. It still happens. Yeah. Yeah, so. I was about to ask when you started the uh, nine item worksheet, especially for someone who is heavy on their to-do list, I was like, how long did it take you to divide it in two and go, okay, now I can put 18 on here? Nope, I haven't done I, 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 I haven't done that. And what I've done with a lot of my larger projects, see, um, I learned many, many years ago, the way to get a, you know, a project done or a big goal done is you break it into small tasks. Mm -hmm. So I will have smaller tasks on there, you know, things to do that are contributing to larger projects. Mm -hmm. And versus, you know, the large project is, is a big nugget. Well, that big nugget is not going to get done until you start breaking that down into smaller tasks. So it's those smaller tasks that I, I'm getting done on, on a regular basis. And that's actually how Madeline and I got the book done because we both have our own businesses. I have Feng Shui Connection, she has Polaris Business Guides, and then together we collaborated on Money is an Energy Game. And we would work together on the book generally once a week. We would work on Wednesdays um, when, and, and really just a couple of hours at a time. And then we'd go off and, and do research, you know, during the week and the like, and we'd bring you know collective information together but generally we'd come together on Wednesdays and we wrote it, it it's a truly collaborative effort we wrote over the, you know typing but over the telephone and sharing and you know we put in some words and then massage them but we did it together um, the only chapters I, I wrote the, um, the primary piece of feng shui Madeline wrote about um, the uh, good timing and yeah. all the rest of it is um, collaborative wow very cool well, I yeah. have to ask was there even those chapters were collaborative. <laughs> well, they were. They were because I helped her out with, you know, just making sure that the um, the good timing, that it um, would read easily for people, that we could get it, that we could right. grab it. And the same thing with feng shui, because w right. when you know a subject so well, it's easy to assume that everybody else knows it also. Well, and then, well, I think that as we, because, you know, I have this problem with my courses and stuff when I started developing my tarot course and my other courses is I had to sit down and go, okay, how the hell do I do this again? Because, you know, I shuffle seven times automatically. I don't think about it. You know, I'm laying cards out willy nilly. I already know their positions. I know what they mean. It doesn't matter if they're in a row or in a design. I know one through 10 and I have to back myself down and go, all right, now what was step one? What was step That's two? Right. That's exactly right. Or, you know, when I'm looking at an astrology chart, I'm sitting there looking at the map and going, okay, this is four degrees here. Oh, no, but this over here is yapping at this one. Oh, that, and right. you know, 
And and I see that in, in my feng shui practice, and I think Madeline does with her astrology practice as well, is um, we know it so well that we have to take it slow for people who are just getting into it and cut right to the chase. And that's what we think we did in this book is cut right to the chase and help people get to the basics, you know, in terms of beliefs. Well, we, we you know. used a good editor. Yeah, we used a yes, good editor yeah. who wasn't yeah. familiar with any of this which right. helped us to identify those places that mm. other people might not understand, right. you see. And th there were some, it was a, a quite a labor uh, to get it all yeah. polished um, up. <laughs> I bet, and I bet it yeah. was very much a labor of breaking it down. Now I have a harder question for you, and I want both of your point of view. What is this book for someone that came out of the secret and went, well, the crap, that didn't work? It could be. Well, it could be, yeah. The, it, actually, it's for everybody. And it, it, doesn't really, it doesn't really matter which side of the spectrum somebody's on in terms of money. Some people mm -hmm. have a lot of money, and they're afraid of losing it. Some mm -hmm. people don't have enough money, and they're afraid they won't get it. But the predominant mm -hmm. feeling about money is fear. Mm -hmm. See, and we want to dispel that entire paradigm because it's not helping anybody. <laughs> and, and really, exactly the path, right. yeah, the path to peace is for everyone to become more prosperous to the level that they want to be. You mm -hmm. see, so so when when you understand how money is energy and why it's responding and how it's responding to your energy, then you will be able to deliberately create money at the level you want it. Mm -hmm. And not just money, you know, prosperity includes things like your health, you know, having a supportive, yeah, supportive relationships, having a work that is fulfilling and joyful to you, having uh friends and and family that are in a, in a home that is supportive you see so mm -hmm. it's a lot more than just and having time to do things that you enjoy you see mm -hmm. so it's not just about money money is right. just one of the pieces to a yeah. prosperous life money money is energy <laughs> Money. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for people who um, came out of the secret and say, oh, my gosh, it doesn't work. Well, you know what? That the irony is it is working because that is their belief. Uh -huh. yeah. So they are actually and, and I have always chuckled over that for 20 years that, oh, my gosh, they don't get it because they're pushing it away because that's their belief. That's the, the core belief is it doesn't work. It, it's 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 much harder than this. Right. And it and, is much harder. The problem is, is reprogramming yourself. Yes and realizing what value you're putting on your energy and then mm -hmm. also dealing with the real life stuff sitting down and adding up your bills and being yes. like yep i've got to have four thousand three hundred and twenty seven dollars by the 30th to stay afloat know that Sorry. number but don't sit there and let it um keep pounding on your head that's exactly right and we talk about that a bit in in one of the chapters we call building your wealth about um, you you do pay your bills, but pay your bills in joy. Pay your bills knowing that you have the money, being grateful that you have the money to go out and pay, pay them. Mm -hmm. Also, save some. Save some for the future, you know, because that's how um, wealth gets built. You have to, you know, set some aside for that.
Yeah. Versus if you, and also if you think about money as you're just spending it, well, that's going out and never return it. So think about your money in terms of circulating it. You, like when I go to my farmer's market on Saturdays, you know, we, we use a lot of cash there. But I know it is circulating over and over again within that market. Uh-huh. And so it's going out and then it's going out again and again and again. And then it comes back, you know, multiple multiple ways. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, so. And don't argue with the universe. Never. <laughs> Doesn't pay. It's gonna. It's gonna win. She done a. She done a money attraction thing, and she was doing this, and she calls me mad as a wet hen. She got a refund check from the electric company for a deposit. Cool. Okay. Problem is, is she never paid a deposit on her electric bill. She takes the check after she gets on the electric company and yells at them for them sending her a check. Because she never paid a deposit. Why does she have a deposit back? <laughs> on there, would you please just go cash this check? Say thank you. Say thank you. Cash <laughs> this check. Because otherwise I'm going to have to issue you another check. Fine. She takes it to the bank. She cashes the check. She's the type of way that when the, when the teller hands her money back, she counts it. She counts the money. It's a hundred dollars more than what the check was. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> the teller going, this is too much money. You gave me too much. The teller counts the money. No, ma'am, that's the right amount of money. And back. She gets the bank person over to count the money. Yes, this is the right amount of money. <laughs> you will not believe what the hell's going on. And I'm like, Darling, last week, didn't you tell me that you lit your money lamp? Yeah. Why are you arguing with the universe? Yeah. Oh, that is funny. That is very funny. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. So, so another um, theme that we have in here are stories, the stories that we tell. So we, we like to hit, uh, recommend that people tell good stories, make it a, a, a good ending, and also to stay away from gossip because, you know, when gossip happens, usually somebody else will join in and they'll add to it and, and it keeps getting embellished and, it, and it's like a downward spiral. So, you know, if somebody's telling you something, you can always, you know, take a neutral stance to say, well, I can understand how you feel that way, but you don't have to join in. Mm-hmm. You, you can just walk away and, and not participate. Mm-hmm. And then uh, tell stories with an ending the way that you really want them to end or the way the direction that you'd like them to go in. Mm-hmm. And, and some and people, what, go ahead. What she's talking about when she says stories, the, these are things that are really happening to you on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. frequently the story that we hear is, oh, woe is me. And here's what happened today. Right. And, and then the story ends with some, you know, terrible, whatever occurrence. Right. So, so what Peg is talking about is that, if you have an oh woe is me story, you should finish this story with something positive. And then what's going to come out of this or what I learned from this or what I'm going to do about this is create X, Y, Z so that this won't be my future. This is what we're going to get away from and we're going to move towards X instead. You see, so when we talk about stories, these are things that really happened to people or happened in the past. And mm-hmm. sometimes you'll hear 
the same story over and over again from the same person, right. something that happened that was very big in their life. You know, somebody died or somebody had an accident or something really big happened that changed the way they ended up living their life for some reason. And that story has never uh, improved in the entire time they've told it. And what, what happens during that situation is the universe thinks that whatever you're talking about is what you want more of. Mm -hmm. And so it delivers to you more of the same type of experiences. And it's, it's very challenging to break that pattern if that's how you, if you continue to tell the same type of stories. So you don't want to be an oh, woe is me because you're just creating more negative experiences every day <laughs> by telling those stories. Yeah, and I tell people that the universe doesn't understand the word don't. That's, that's exactly correct. right. Yeah. Like it hasn't learned timing, it hasn't learned the word don't. It no. just delivers. It doesn't know the word no. <laughs> it doesn't know the word no. I mean, it's kind of like Vlad. He doesn't know the word no, which by the way, Vlad's the border collie for the ladies at the table. He doesn't understand the word no. He doesn't understand the word don't. You know, about food, he's just gonna want more food. If he hears you yeah. talk, you know, if he if you're talking about debt and your bills and how much your power bill is and how much he's just going to give you more power bill because mm -hmm. what you're giving your energy to. Right. And so years ago, so it's interesting that you brought up debt. So what I did about debt years ago, because I wanted to live, um, have freedom of time and have financial independence. So I turned, I let go of debt, you know, and turned it into financial independence. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it works. Mm -hmm. I've been living that way for a long time. Yep. <laughs> a very long time. Yeah. So what else are you, you know, we got the book out. Yeah. Other book out. Other book. Uh, other books. Oh, Madeline, talk about your good timing guide. Oh, this is my good timing guide. Now, this is how people can know about good days to do something important and good days to avoid doing anything because mm -hmm. nothing's going to come of it. So every week there are at least three times during the week when there's what I would call a time out, or if you know astrology, those are void of course moons. So when those occur, the universe is not pushing forward. It's basically at rest. It's, it's in a gestation mode. So when you try to push forward, when the universe is at rest, nothing is gonna come of it, nothing positive anyways. Uh, you may get quite frustrated, <laughs> but nothing positive will come of it. So why take an important action during that? The most important data point I can give you about timeout periods occurred back in the 90s. A group of astrologers got together and they randomly selected 1,400 bankrupt companies to look at their company charts. And these are when they started with their state. Mm -hmm. So they were looking to see if there was a particular cycle that occurred in all the charts that could predict that they were going to go bankrupt. And 100% of them started during a timeout, mm. during a void moon, 
That's a very they unusual. They all went system. bankrupt. They all went bankrupt, and a hundred percent of them were started during a timeout. So just imagine when you let's say you pay for an ad during a timeout. Guess what? <laughs> it's not going to be a very good, uh, successful ad. You see what I mean? You hire someone during a timeout. What's that? I see what you mean there in the void, of course. I think it's a lovely nap time. Yes. Yes, it is a good nap time. <laughs> it's good yeah. for other things, too. It's great for brainstorming. You know, it's, it's good for other things. Yeah, finishing things. It's great for finishing mm -hmm. things. Not a good time to start something. Mm -hmm. But it, it's so these these occur every week. There are certain days where if you started a new project, you would get a good final result. And other days, if you started it during those days, you would get a less than good final result, a challenging or disappointing final result. And there's other times when things are not coming together. And so something you expect to happen doesn't occur. So wouldn't you like to know when those things are going to be like that? So you could choose good days to do important activities for your business. Imagine sending out a promotion on a day when there's a green dollar. So, you know, people want to spend their money right? or it's a high growth day or something like that. Or communications are, are good and easy that day versus a day when it's challenging, et cetera. So mm -hmm. there are a lot of different ways that you can use timing in your business to ensure that you are more successful than you would be without it. Right. Very much so. And then I also, yeah, and then I also write a good timing newsletter because mm -hmm. the good timing guide is just color coded. So so you don't have to know any astrology to to use a good timing guide. You just you're just you're just looking at color codes, you see. Dude, so, there. That sounds oh, mine sits on my desk open all the time. <laughs> yeah. I would so, this would be sitting here going, hmm, what would be really cool is that plus your planner sheets put together into a planner for the next year, you know, and it oh, has like to-do <laughs> like, to list, nine items. Oh, this is a great day for calls. So four calls here, that type of thing. There you go. Well, we are working on a, um, a workbook. So we'll, yeah. we'll uh, incorporate that suggestion. And um, so Madeline um, writes a regular newsletter. And I also write a newsletter, a feng shui newsletter. It's on feng shui connections.com. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to be doing some webinars and um, programs related to money is an energy game. Cool. So, yeah. and, and we both have our own um, practices. Uh, Madeline's is in astrology, mine's in feng shui, and, and I do um, customized um, space clearings, personal clearings. Right, coaching. Yeah. Postal, which I find totally we are, yeah, we are, which is very challenging at times. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and I write a newsletter that ch tells you what the actual energies are so that you can know. So, because if, it can be good or it could be super good, right? Or it might just be a little bit better than neutral on a day. Right. But the newsletter will tell you, you know, hey, you should be looking forward to getting ready to use these days for yeah, X, right. Y, and Z. Or here's some challenging times up here and you may encounter this. And if you do, here's some possible ways that you can handle those energies. You know, Where do y'all see the energy of money going over the next two years? I see it I expanding. See 
expanding. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 I was going to say expanding. You see, we just entered the uh, on June 21st of last year. We just entered the air economy for the next 199 years. Uh -huh. So we were in an earth economy from 1842 until last uh, the end of last December. Now that's an earth economy was about things like agriculture and manufacturing and services and financial products. Uh -huh. And and then we switched over to an air economy, which is all about technology and artificial intelligence and relationships and data and transportation. Uh -huh. So you have, you have a completely different type of economy that's developing. And it's not that you're going to stop growing food because you're going to grow food. <laughs> it's not that you're going to stop manufacturing things. You're just going to incorporate these new areas into your businesses. So uh -huh. if you look at farming, they've got <clears throat> all kinds of technology in the tractors, right? Uh -huh. Your tractor now is a very, very expensive item. It might cost you 250K. <laughs> it's a very expensive item. Yeah, but it's got more computer technology than I have in my office, and I'm married to a tractor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so... And of course, you may incorporate all kinds of different technologies in planning your company or scheduling your company and so on and so forth. So there are a lot of different ways that, and now of course, everyone goes through customer relationship management and so on and so forth in terms of how they're going to get referred to new customers and so on. So there's a lot of different types of ways that people will use these new types of economic tools. Now you see a lot of people have stopped going to the store and they're using, you know, Amazon Prime or they're using UBS or the mail or whatever to deliver products that they ordered online. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the transportation part of it. Yeah. You see, and, and people are selling knowledge. Uh, we're selling books, <laughs> you right. know, right? And, and so there's a lot more selling of knowledge out there. And that's that's part of the the data you see that is being incorporated into the new economy. So it's a very different economy. And there are cycles that could uh, be challenging to the economy because you're you're switching over from one completely different type of economy to a new one. So there are different structures that need to be developed and different structures that need to basically be invented. There are certain technologies that will be released that we actually have not had or maybe have not even thought of, you know, mm -hmm. that'll be released during this period. And things will change in ways that we really can't imagine. Right. Unless well, there maybe are many, we've watched a lot of science fiction or but there, <laughs> but like there are many that. jobs um, today that exist today that didn't exist 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. The whole and world of social, social media, they will. Yeah. 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 There'll be other jobs that don't exist today. Yeah. Sure. So it's a very different type of economy no. that's ahead of us. When it comes to technology, there's a, another offer, another author, um, Robin something another. 
I forget her last name. Her YouTube channel is Creative RV. She wrote a book, 10,000 Jobs You Can Do From Anywhere. Mm. And it is all technology-based, all technology jobs, from tagging pictures before they had tags in them to, you know, customer service and all this other stuff. And I keep telling people about this book because what we're seeing going, in my view of the little small American, I was thinking about this earlier, is everywhere I look, there's a help wanted sign. And the prices keep going up every week from $8 to $10 to $12 to $17 an hour. And I, I, we're dealing with pricing because, you know, some of our vendors have upped their prices, so we have to then up ours. Right. And I thought, my gods, I am glad I, you know, Spirit said, you're done. It's time to go read. <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but I'm thinking, looking at these jobs, that printing press is get, just getting higher tones of ink in it. That's the mm-hmm. only thing. What do you say, what does your book say, or what do you guys say when you have someone there and they get stuck in this mindset of they are only worth $36 an hour because they're a nurse and that's what nurses get paid. They're just a nurse or, you know, they're in a cook and they're only worth this amount. And it's like, get out of that mind. For me, right. That, that's what we call a money ceiling. You know, people right. have a money ceiling on, on, on them, on themselves, on their bank account. It's the highest amount that they'll allow themselves to earn or feel their worth. So it's, again, it's releasing those blockages, um, their beliefs, their, their limitations, so that oh. um, they are open to receiving more and yeah. being worth more mm-hmm. and increasing yeah. their, their personal value. What's some ways and oftentimes, a person can put their talents together in a different way. And mm-hmm. using the same skills make a lot more. So, mm-hmm. so the cook can put together, you know, uh, you know, maybe he goes from a cook to a sous chef to a chef. Or, or he goes to being an owner of a, of a gourmet restaurant. You see, there are a lot of different ways that you can put similar skills together in order to increase your prosperity. It's not just about today I'm just this. It's providing benefits and value. Mm -hmm. And I think that we get stuck on the titles. Sure. Very much. Yeah. And again, so for some of those people who feel that, you know, they can't excel or they're only worth so much. I would say, look back to your family, family beliefs. What did you grow up with? What did your parents do? What did your grandparents do? And it's probably time to release those beliefs, you know, the, because they're encoded in, in you. They're encoded in your cells to release them so that you can expand your consciousness and where you're headed. Mm-hmm. That is, it's limitless, really. Yeah. And a lot of it is redefining how you title yourself. Sure. And it, it, again, it comes from um, your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About your self-worth. And, you know, many people are holding beliefs that I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. And it's it's time to let those go. Oh, yeah. They're literally like fatting languages. Sure. You know, I'm sorry. You know, my mother was a housewife and a nurse and she'd say she was a housewife most of the time. And I'm like, you're more than a housewife. <laughs> Sure. You know, you're a first lady, you're a housewife, you're, you know, you you play this, you do this, you're, you're president of this, you're doing this. Absolutely. This, I'm like, you're, you're many C, you know, I want to really get the term CEO of households. Yes. 
There you go. No. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot to manage a house. It does. Yes. Now, and, um, I learned something recently in China. Every household, every every wife ha and has this little book and she writes down everything that she spends and looks mm -hmm. at the financing and that type of thing. Do y'all guys use any of that in your books or money management planning or, or you know, getting into that tactile vibration? When you, when you were saying that, I um, visions of my mother writing down everything to make the dollars stretch for a, a family of 11, you know, because she was the manager, you know, uh -huh. of that. And, and, you know, she did wonders sometimes, you know, just, you know, paying all the bills and keeping, you know, everything in in tune so i think she used to write down every single dollar so to speak but we yeah. do talk about um paying your bills pay pay your bills on time pay them in joy personally um we have my husband and i have always paid our debt every month we don't we don't carry debt we just believe in, in paying your bills and um buying what you can afford and um, building your wealth, you know, saving and saving, you know, for the future, so that you can enjoy it and you can you can draw on it. Mm -hmm. And um, and one of the tools that we talk about in the book is that if you would just save ten percent of whatever comes to you in any way, whether you earn it or it's gifted or whatever, it would build up into a nice wealth fund, and you can invest that wealth fund into anything you want. But, you know, while you're building a wealth fund, you're attracting more money to you because that little pile of money is 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 an attraction point. You see, it's like a little magnet for money. So mm -hmm. when you are are saving money, even if, you know, a little bit in a bank account, that it doesn't matter how you save it. But that is an energy that is attracting more money to you. And if you will pay off your debt with 20% of your income and live on 70%, that, that's the most ideal situation. If you will live on 70%, pay off 20%, uh, pay off your debts with 20%. Then you see at the point where you're out of debt, you see you are really in a much more prosperous situation. It's freedom. <laughs> Yeah, the ultimate freedom. <laughs> you know, something I've done with Joe and his new business because you know he now started Mystic PCs is he actually collects little um, banks. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> that's cool. So on the desk, I have literally he's lined up little banks. That's cool. I've had these now since I was a, a little kid. Like this started. Oh, that's great. Wow. Cool. Yeah, there are tons of these, like Model T's and you name it. That's like, true. there's tons of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But and I, I have filling spare <laughs> change. You know the the ones yeah. that leave yeah, yeah. the car and my laundry tips and that type of thing. I will right. fill his little bank. I've been filling his little banks up. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that that's is cool. awesome. That's Very great. Fun. I remember one summer several years ago, it must have been at least 10 years ago, my husband, daughter, and I, we took all of that change um, around the house and we rolled it all and took it to the bank. And I think we had over $800, you know, in, just in that um, spare change over the time. That was our summer fun money. And mm -hmm. that was great. Yeah. We decided we were well, just going to play with it. Yeah. Now, see, my mother's thing was she, because now you got to back up many years. 
but her thing was she was always a cash person. Like she wrote the bills out as checks, mm-hmm. and then like all the groceries, all the whatever, all cash. So she uh, had, <laughs> and they were horrible. The coffee, uh, well, they weren't even coffee tins. Coffee tins makes it sound nicer than it is. You remember uh, when Maxwell <laughs> House had the little cardboard plastic lit? She used to use those. Oh yeah, <laughs> but she, she had a but she had a system. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. was Christmas, and some years Christmas was really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like Jesus, Mom, what did you do? You're right, magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, and then after years, it was like, Mom must have bought a lot of ninety-nine cent stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think we got pennies in this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, I, I for me, it gives a real attraction point, which I think is important. And then mm-hmm. the other part is, is when you're spending real cash, you're actually doing a physical exchange of energy. And that's the way to think about it. Not so much spending, you are exchanging, you're circulating, uh-huh. you're giving right. and receiving. Yes, yes. Right. Spending to me feels one way, it, it's going out. But yeah. when you are exchanging, you, you're getting something in return, you're getting a, a good or a service in, uh-huh. in return. Right. Yeah. And that cash itself, for me, is that physical exchange. And I don't know, yeah. there are some things that I do, and I'm, I didn't see them in the book, and I kind of wanted to get y'all slots on them, is like keeping your wallet organized with all the bills That's facing one point. Side. That's not in the book, but that but, is but a I good do, point. I, I do that. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. And I, I like to keep my bills in a certain you know, direction and <laughs> order yep. and all that yep. sort of thing. Right? So that, and, that could be some and, some practical yeah, follow-up tips little, for people. Yeah, it's a little tip. Yes, exactly. We and, had and to keep stop. Wallet yeah. nice, you know. Yeah. Don't, don't, right. If your wallet is falling apart, for goodness sakes, replace it. <laughs> that, oh, no, no, you, even better than that, have a beautiful wallet. Have, you know, yes. it took me a few years to find a wallet I really like, and I love it. And I got it from a local shop, a leather um shop that you know they um, produce everything there i love my wallet it has such a good feel to it every I time i check it out i've had it for a number of years and i know where it came from i know the people who made it um just yeah so your product should feel good to you as well yeah now do you also i don't know about you ladies but I always make sure the bill is facing me when i hand it to them yes so that it can be coming uh-huh. back to me mm-hmm mm-hmm Yep, and I, I keep them all in the same direction as well, in in order. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Me too. <laughs> yep. A little packet of salt. You in know, there. and and another a trick, and I think this um, came out of one of the Abraham Hicks um, uh, programs or books or whatever. Is um, keep a hundred dollars in your wallet. Keep a hundred dollar bill there because you can spend that hundred dollar bill over and over and over again. You know, in mind, you have the option to spend it, but you can choose not to spend it. Or, or use it, I, I should say. So um, I, I do. I keep a hundred dollars in my wallet, just you know, tucked away, knowing, hey, I can get you know what I want, and and then it becomes, do I choose it or not? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. like Joe's grandmother's trick. And you want to always choose whether you want to choose whatever gives you the most joy. So if keeping the money gives you more joy, you want to keep the money. But if the item brings you more joy than the money you should buy the item because yes. then the money will come back to you yeah, that's exactly right yeah 
But no, Joe's grandmother used to do a trick with him in coats. Yes, yeah, she was always like every like one. I'm just not a coat person. <laughs> like I'm just I'm eternally hot. Um, and, <laughs> like I've been in menopause since I was like four. Um, that's where I'm at, likewise. <laughs> I'm just all the time. So every winter, she's worried to death that I'm gonna freeze to death. Because she's always cold. <laughs> so she did this thing where every year my coat would magically have a $20 bill in it. Uh, have you learned, have you learned to like coats? <laughs> so you, you learn every year, like she almost Pavlonian, every year I still check my coat to try to see if there's a 20 in it. Because it's just ingrained at this point. Sure. But I look forward to coat season. No, at that's least great. For five minutes. <laughs> that, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But I do have to ask a question. Um, because I, I, I like listening to you talk about the, the thinking about money as circulating, not being spent. I just have to ask with an MBA, how long did that take to crowbar into your head that money is not just a cost for things that you just didn't need? Well, uh, not long at all. I mean, when okay. I um, when I um, left, when I graduated from um, graduate school, getting my MBA, I walked away with two things. One is to run my business by the numbers, and so the finance part and also to pay attention to my intuition. So pay attention to my gut, to what I really think and feel. And um, that has always been my guiding point. You know, I earned my MBA 30 years ago and that's been my guiding point, you know, since then. Yeah. Oh, very awesome. Yeah. I know, well, because I ended up getting my degree through a business school and I actually sure. worked for an MBA student services office. Uh-huh. Um, I have a glowing reference from an ethics professor. Not many people can say that. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I am a big yeah. proponent of um, ethics in business. I, I absolutely yeah. yes. But I noticed a lot of the a lot of the business program was just constantly centered on this idea that all costs were bad, all spending was bad, all. Outflow uh, of oh money yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't feel that um, that's what I was taught. In fact, um, when I did my um, you know finance class, and I was in, a, in an executive program, so it was a class of thirty. And to this day, I'm still in touch with my colleagues. We meet once a month now on Zoom. People all over the country, and it's really fun. We, we've stayed in touch, and we were just speaking the other day how close knit we were as a uh, as a class. And it was our finance class. We had the best professor for finance, and I still remember this to this day two of the early exercises we had to do we had to figure out how much it would cost to send a child to college time value of money and how much we would need for retirement and so very <laughs> practical applications and you know i figured out how much it would cost to send a, a child to college you know then back then so this was 1989-1990 i came up with $250,000 and you know when my daughter went to college it cost two hundred and fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and so you know it was like, wow, yeah. the time value of money, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it, it's energy, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. energy. And it's still a scary idea, though. Yeah, like, and, even I, and then I had to be scary number. Yes, but I look at and be like, well, yes, <laughs> but I, I just knew that it would come together, and and it did mm -hmm. come together. Now mm -hmm. it didn't mean that we had to pay all two hundred fifty thousand dollars out of our pocket. Because it money comes to you in many different ways, but um, mm -hmm. we we um, 
we covered it. And um, so, and I also believe in, in doing business for good. So I'm thrilled, you know, that we're in an age now where more and more business is about sustainability and doing the right thing. We're shifting. And I think the millennials are shifting. It's going to take at least one or two generations to get there, but um, we're seeing a lot of progress where businesses want to be a force for good. Yeah. And, and, and it's okay to make money and to do something worthwhile. Yeah. Um, I applaud that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we should be paying our employees well. Mm-hmm. And employees should be making a sustainable and a living wage. So if it means that costs go up, so be it. Costs go up. Right. But, but it's all relative. It's all money. And we know money can expand. And money does expand. Right. But and I'm sure, sure, uh, I was going to say, what you're actually seeing there with those costs where they're saying, oh, you, you don't spend money and so forth, is the scarcity mentality yeah. that per- pervades through all of business. And, you know, it doesn't matter, like I was saying earlier, it doesn't matter whether you're on the side of money where you have plenty or you're on the side of money where you don't have enough. It's all the same it's the mentality. Same. It is. So, so you really want to get away from that mentality because that's what holds everything back. It's more about understanding that everyone is creating all the time and we're creating with our thoughts all the time <laughs> and our energy and our actions and whether or not we got enough sleep last night and what we ate for dinner and on and on and on. So your energy is impacted by a whole lot of different things, but it's your energy that's creating your ability to attract money to you. And so if you, go from that perspective you see the fact that maybe some particular item that you want costs a certain amount is somewhat irrelevant it's whether or not you want to pay that much for that item that will either bring you you want that item at that price you see and you're joyful that you will have the item then it's worth it (laughs) you see it's not it's not about cost cutting i mean cost cutting is is helpful in some way. That's what you see all the time with uh, artificial intelligence. Oh, we're going to get rid of labor. We're going to have computers do this now. And you see this all the time. But it's really well, not. 50 years into that argument is that, you know, computers and technology were going to basically obsolete humans. We were all supposed to be laying around being fed grapes. And <laughs> it was like the, the idea that seemed to be so pervasive was that eventually we're going to move past labor. That there was going to be a like this sci-fi idea of the post-labor world that you didn't labor. Like, maybe, maybe, were, maybe to some degree we have. We're, you know, we've moved a lot past our, the many computers, um, robots are doing menial labor. And we've gone into more of a thinking. Um, you know, that's where, you know, the information age is, is about thinking that and, and making um, decisions and choices and ethics you know, that humans do. That's, that's the value that we bring to that. But some, some of the more mechanical things, yes, uh, the um, computers are doing those and the robots are doing those. Yeah. And so I'm, we're adding higher value. Right. What I'm seeing is people shifting their attitude with money and work of you know the idea of working 40 hours a week for a company for 20 years 
is a nightmare for them. They yes. they rather go teach Spanish to you know they learn Spanish. They know they're good in Spanish, so they go teach it online, three or four classes a month, or mm -hmm. you know to pay their bills while they go explore you know Mexico or mm -hmm. yeah. whatever. No, that's a I'm chuckling. That's yeah. a common and, attitude with a certain group, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in in and so, you know, I, one of the guys that I worked with early on for the Good Timing Guide, his attitude was, I want to do this research and I'll go work a temporary computer job until I have enough money to sustain me for six months or a year or something like that. And then I'm going to go off and do whatever that is. And then I'll get another one for six months or something like that you see and and it's and it's basically geared towards allowing them to do whatever they want to do rather than absolutely and and i was chuckling the other yeah. day um about my daughter she's been out of college for um six years now she's going on to grad school in the fall but every year she has managed to have at least a month of time for traveling you know when she left college she um, a few months later she went to china um, for a month um, she was in between um, contract jobs and she met her roommate there and who was um, working in um, beijing and, and shanghai so she stayed with her for a month she came back um, got a full-time job with um, a public radio station did that for a while. Um, then she decided she was going to go to Ireland and work on a farm for three weeks. So she and her uh, and a pal um, went and did that. They came back, got a different job. She did that <laughs> for a bit. And then she actually, she um, was paid to virtually have a year off. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. you know, just through circumstances came to her. Um, so she did that. She has, uh, has had a new job for a bit. And now she's, um, she just called me the other day and said, hey, wh what do you think if I um, take the month of August off before I, she's going to Scotland <laughs> to, to grad school, before I leave for Scotland? And I, I said, I think that's great. Do you have enough means and, and all that? She, yep, yep, I'm, I'm fine. And she's paying for grad school. She, mm -hmm. she has saved up the money to go to grad school. And, um, and she's, no, no, I'm, I'm doing okay. I said, by all means, take the month of August off, you know, come to the lake and, and you know, we'll have vacation. Mm -hmm. And that's what she's doing. And so, and I was thinking, my gosh, this is great. This is great how, the, you know, the whole mentality towards um, doing work that you love and, and being prosperous and having the resources, it has um, really solid roots in her, which I love to see. And it's all, it's all about living a life and joy, and, but meaning and purpose. So, you know, she's going on to grad school to study a topic that she's very passionate about mm -hmm. and um, is really looking forward to it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. And a lot of her friends have managed to, to do things as well. One of them got a big book contract and has, has I, I won't go into what book it is, but has uh, it's out on the market now. And then it's going to be a Netflix series. These are young kids and they are passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. And they're enjoying the heck They out. are enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. And that's the enjoying. whole point. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the yes. whole point. <laughs> what yeah. they've gotten in is, and I love you ladies the way you on on this. A lot of companies can't find employees right now at all. Yes. They're like, where are our people? You know, normally, you know, and I know I, my family ran a restaurant. We, I know literally every manager in this city worked for my family's restaurant at one time or another during their high school to college life. 
And they're like, we normally get 50 and 60 applications a day. We can't even get one in here. And I'm like, let really? me Let me make a suggestion for how they can do that easily. Okay, now this is actually a workshopping from Esther Hicks and Abraham, okay? And it takes 68 seconds a day to do this, a minimum of 17 seconds each time. So what you want to do is put yourself in high energy by thinking of something great that happened to you when you were really happy or excited. And then you want to thank the universe for having already provided the perfect employees to you or whatever it is that you want. But in this case, you're wanting great employees to come to your business. So you okay. want to thank the universe for having already provided those great employees. And you must use the words for having already provided. Because mm -hmm. if you ask the universe for something, you expect it to arrive in the future. Mm -hmm. But you will never arrive in the future. You're always here in the present moment. So you must say for having already provided. And then you want to put in the qualifications for those employees. We want people who are friendly and happy and joyful and, and they can do X, Y, Z and ABC and DEF and all these other things too. So give us a nice wizard or whatever it is that you're looking for. And, mm -hmm. and, Keep this energy going, and we need this person by such and such date. So could you please have this person come to us by such and such date? And if you have any ideas for us of how we can find this person, please send those along too. And then, and so you, you do that for a minimum of 17 seconds each time. Mm -hmm. And you do it for a total of at least 68 seconds a day. You can do this while you're sitting at stoplights, washing the dishes, you know, uh, washing your hands. <laughs> so a lot of times you could do something like that. And it works. It works incredibly well. It has never failed. It's amazing. Uh, that process is very, very effective. And you just be consistent. Now, the hard part comes when afterwards you say something like, hey, I don't think this is going to work. You know, we've been waiting weeks and months for people to show up and, and nothing's happening. And, and we just, this is not going to work. So when remember that you're always creating to your last thought. So the first thing you did was tell the universe to send you something. And then you said, no, don't send it to me. I don't think you can send it to me. <laughs> don't send it to me. So well, you don't want to do that. You want to you want to cancel clear those negative thoughts and substitute a positive thought. Of course, the universe wants me to have the right employees. Of course, the universe wants to send me really good employees for this company. And mm -hmm. that's how you get those people in there, you mm -hmm. see. And, and you know, if you want reliable, whatever your characteristics are that you want for that employee, make a list of them and tell the universe right. every day, right out loud, you know. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having already provided these great employees who are reliable and brilliant and very helpful and so on. Whatever the, the qualifications are, just put it out there every day. Right. And I live in it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was um, just saying 68 seconds. It doesn't 68 take 68 seconds, a little bit more than a minute. And I live in yeah. a tourist area. And, and so many of the businesses up in my area are, are short of help as, as well, um, particularly because we would have um, 
foreign workers come in and fill the restaurants, you know, for the summer, you know, summer staff and all that. Over the past year, many businesses have realized that they can actually make more money in fewer days. So many restaurants in particular are only open four days a week now, and they have been able to retain full-time staffs by doing that. And they have actually, um, they, so they've changed their business model mm -hmm. and they are thriving. We, we get our coffee from a, a small um, coffee shop where they roasted and it's all organic and all that. They used to be open seven days and the, and the owners, they were wearing themselves thin. Now they are open Thursday through Sunday. And they told me recently, we are making more money than we ever made <laughs> when we were open seven days a week. So people are changing their business model and figuring out how to do their business in a more joyful way, in a more fun way. And, and, and that's uh, the reason they make yes, more money. Yeah. Make more money. Yes, yes. Yeah, because and so, they're, they're feeling better. They're, they're in higher energy now. Well, that, they that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And what we've noticed about the higher end restaurants is that they, they keep their staffs. They are steady staff. And, mm -hmm. it, it's, yeah. and everybody gets days off. Yeah. And um, people are going back and, and they are, you know, yes, we're all paying um, higher um, prices for food. People are also tipping higher amounts, you know, because we know the wait staff, you know, deserve um, to be paid right. and, and to, you know, we appreciate it. Yeah. I think that we gave everybody, I'm going to say it pointly, we gave everybody a year to figure out where the joy was. And it probably was not, yes, I'll take a number five with extra pickles and cheese for it. <laughs> uh, because the managers that are doing the higher end restaurants aren't having the same problem. That's right. The same works, and I, they're still my staff. As my staff that moved on and started managing, managing the fast food places, fast food places are like we can't get anybody. We're having to swap people around, and you know, one person's working here two days, and but their home store is this. And I'm like, so what are you looking for as an employee? Breathing, and I was like. I could see that being, you know, and I, you know, maybe on time would be a good thing. Maybe this is <laughs> right. Reliable. Right. So, and this goes back to being, being clear about what you want, that many yeah. people don't know what they want. They have not fully defined what they want. And as a result, they get a mixed message or mixed response. Or they get nothing. Like, or they get nothing. Yeah, that's exactly right. fried chicken, I ain't bringing you both. <laughs> Right. So, so, so put out your ads on a good day, too. That, that's you know, for sure. Don't yeah. put them out during a timeout. <laughs> no one will apply. <laughs> well, yeah. and I was just thinking about one of the restaurants locally that, that that manager specifically has been in that desperation, like literal oh, breathing. Oh. I will take and literal breathing. Yeah. So it's just the word desperation right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then I find it interesting that then a tree fell on the restaurant. So there's the universe. There's the answer so, right there. That, that is so, yes, that's exactly what happens when you're in desperation. Yeah, well, and this manager is still trying to run the location. Okay. Like so a tree falls through the store and okay. it's like, we're going to keep going. So years ago, <laughs> I was sitting in a feng shui class and one of my teachers said, if you don't listen to the whispers, you have to pay attention to the screams. <laughs> and so that tree falling on the restaurant was a scream. 
when you yeah. get fired from a job, that's a scream. You know, we have to pay attention to these little yeah. hints and little little whispers all along the way. That's our intuition to really tune into your intuition and let it be your guidepost and take action early on before you fall flat on your back. Well, what I find interesting is two years ago, she, she had been begging for her franchise owner to remodel her restaurant. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. She wanted a new restaurant. She wanted a new building. She was tired because she's the type. We had, I don't know if New Hampshire got hit with it or not. We had a geratio hit. You had a what? A geratio hit about five years back here. Knocked power out for two weeks. Knocked everything, you know, all services shut down for two weeks. Wow. Wow. This woman was, had coolers of dry ice brought in had her trucks bring food in and she set up a grill outside and was feeding people. Wow. 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 Yeah. Like she's determined. Yeah. (laughs) Like she's very working. She is a force of nature. Yeah. She is a force of nature. So And and it sounds like she has a very good heart too. She does. Yeah. Um, So she'll always, she'll always be taken care of. She is, but she is the type that uh, the universe is just delayed on her. Like two years ago, she's like, oh, we got to rebuild this restaurant. We got to redesign it. And I'm like, yeah. And then she goes, but then I have to lay people off. So now she doesn't have any workers and she's getting a, a restaurant. <laughs> oh, how funny. Look at that. How the intention worked out. That's amazing. Yeah, but it's like a two-year delay for her. And I think that's where people get really stuck in this yeah. energy is they expect it to be a microwave. Okay, so you have to, we do write about this in the book, you have to let go of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just put it out there and um, let go of time. Let go of trying to force the issue or make something happen. Let go of making something happen mm-hmm. and be in the moment, be present mm-hmm. and be very yeah. clear about what it is you want. Very and then very take specific. <laughs> very specific and also take inspired action. Mm-hmm. Because you see, what we were having earlier was in the previous millennium, the, the whole thing was plan, organize, control. That was the, the, the key thing. You were going to make everything happen, you yourself. So plan, organize, control. It was the way everything was done. But this is more collaborative. This millennium is more collaborative. It's more mm-hmm. about how you are going to be open to hearing how the universe wants to assist you. You see, so your uh, your goal now is whatever your goal is, you should be, you should know what your goal is, but you should open up to the ways to get there. So you may have this point out in space that's your goal, but you should open up to all the different ways that it could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. And and, and let go of the how so that the universe takes care of the how. And you're just following your your path that the universe lays out in front of you right. to accomplish and it. One of my great stories about that is I, on a vision board, stuck a soul, Kia Soul, on my vision board. <laughs> I got my Kia Soul. That, is the, that was the biggest hunk of junk I had ever bought. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I literally I bought it. I took it to the shop. I brought it home. I took it to the shop. I brought it home. I took it to the shop. Finally, I turned it in. 
But in between this battle of taking the soul, dealing with the soul, I met somebody that had a Kia Soul, exactly like it, except it had the turbo. It had the sound feature. I had the better soul. He had the better <laughs> soul. <laughs> well, let, me, let me point out. With a new one. Uh, is about where the pictures were. And the dude I wanted was here. The soul was right here. Wow. Oh, wow. That's amazing. But I do have to say it's an interesting experience when you go to meet someone for the first time and you're getting instructions to their house and you're pulling into their driveway behind your own car. Like, that's a moment. moment. It's like, oh, I'm going to be confused when I come out. Uh, (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, that is funny. Oh my uh, God. How can our listeners get in contact with you? Get the book? Is it Amazon? Is it on Audible? Where are we at? They, they can go to moneyisanenergygame.com. Moneyisanenergygame.com. And they can buy the printed book there or they can get the Kindle book on Amazon. And if they go to moneyisanenergygame.com, they can sign up for the newsletter and they'll get the free first chapter uh, with signing up for the newsletter. So they can read the whole first chapter and get a sense of the whole book by just signing up for our newsletter on moneyisanenergygame.com. And you can find our personal websites on the author page there. So if you go to the author page, both Peg and I have our yeah. bios there and our, our websites. Uh-huh. And are you guys have got webinars. Are you going to be doing them out through Shoutcast? Or are you all guys going to be doing YouTubes? Or We're not that advanced yet. <laughs> we're, we're still debating on how this is going to go about. But we may do them on Facebook. We don't know yet. We haven't got that far. Yeah. Yeah, we them. will be doing webinars. Yeah, we're, we will be doing webinars. And and hopefully what's going to happen shortly after we start webinars is we will start getting them translated into other languages so that we can really get our ideas out to people all over the world. Right. Our, our vision is to take this globally so to um, help people lift themselves up, to live prosperously, live happily. Yeah. Um, we also believe that that's a path to peace, that right. when pe- yeah. people are prosperous, they will be peaceful. Right. Yeah. Well, you don't have to fight and yell. and <laughs> no need to. And, <laughs> and, and we all keep in mind that every no one wants the same things. Other than being happy, we want to be happy. We want to live freely and live um, Mm -hmm. prosperously, live well, you know, be healthy, Mm -hmm. be healthy, happy, and prosperous. Yeah. Yeah. But that has different meanings for each person. And Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. And um, can they get the Good Days book on the, on your personal website? Yeah. Yeah. You can get the Good Timing Guide on PolarisBusinessGuides.com. And that link is on, on the author page awesome. uh, at MoneyIsAnEnergyGame.com. And then also that's how they can figure out if they want to work directly personally with either one of you. Because absolutely you business profiles, you do house cleansings. and I do. And then my website is FengShuiConnections.com. So it's F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I. C O N N E C T 
I-O-N-S, fengshuiconnections.com. Uh -huh. And all of my services are list listed out there. So I do a lot of um, custom direct one-on-one -on -one work with clients. Uh -huh. um, all about helping them raise their energy or ch shift the energy of their space, um, being more authentic or helping um, people step into their own power. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a question for you. Do you do address, um, I guess it would be an analyzation of them as part of your services? An analyzation okay. in, in what way? In, and are you speaking to Madeline in terms of astrology? Oh, speaking to you as far as Shen Okay. Uh, uh, feng shui. So yeah. I um, I do some analyzation in terms of I provide um, best directions. Mm -hmm. um, I do uh, nine star key astrology, which is a Japanese system. So I, I do nine year projections. So it, it's about uh, an energy profile mm -hmm. of um, where they are. I will do some um, analyzation. Well, um, particularly if they want uh, releases, as we do um, release work, you know, to release blockages. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot actually comes up in um, coaching as well. So mm -hmm. it, it's one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you know, at, at that point. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you guys for coming on. You guys. Have You're welcome. Awesome. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. It's really been a pleasure. Yes. yes. And come back when y'all's next book comes out, because I know you're already thinking on it. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> that workbook is on the way. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. You guys have a great evening. You too. Thank you. Awesome, guys. All right, we need to see say some highs. If y'all got yes, questions, go ahead and post them in the comments, and I'll go oh, ahead. Yes, and get those. Hello, Shannon D. Hello, Mary Winfield. How are you, darling? Nice to see you still with us, Ashley. Hi, darling. What you up to, Shannon D. Shannon D. Shannon there D. There we go. There we go. We got got everybody all, all together. Yeah. And hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Love uh, this book. Go get it. It is a thick read, but it's a lot of practical tools, practical systems, a lot of building things. Since we didn't get to have it on the screen, I just love this cover. Can we talk cover art, guys? I know. That was the worst part about this evening. Yeah. Like, I made the art. <laughs> yes, you made beautiful art, but also this cover is wonderful. I don't know who they used for the cover artist, but I love the light bulb. So oh, something yes, I do in my checkbook, and Joe, well, we do too many things, and Joe always looks at me and goes, do I need this? I'm using it. I'm using it. All right, go ahead. There you go. Yeah, so if everyone, like, if you're wanting their information again, here it is right here on your screen. Um, because, I'm sorry, I made a pretty overlay, and I'm just sharing that. Ooh, Shannon so. ordered her first budget planner. Congratulations. Uh, yes, the cover is gorgeous. Go get the book. Use the tools. But two things I do with money that I don't did not see in the book is, one, I always keep a salt packet in my wallets whatever wallet I'm carrying, including my cigarette case wallet that I just love. It has a little salt packet in the bottom of it. I think it was the second time I met Justin. Let me see your wallet. He has me his wallet. I open it up. That's a lot of trust very early on side note. <laughs> and I think it's a packet of salt in it. And I told him from now on, leave that in there. Yes. A salt packet, put it in your wallet. Salt is money is finances and cleansing. So if you got a lot of, aggravation put a salt packet in there um and then on the top of my checkbook it on my budget sheets everything it says thank you for every cent 
already automatically expressing that gratitude that goes on there. So those are really good. Um, and then my bills, always write paid in full, paid on full, paid on full, paid on full on the envelope, the crappy envelope that they send you and you really do throw out because you all pay your bills online. Always write paid in full on top of them. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Oh. All right. So funny. if you got, yeah, any questions, any ideas, any funny things y'all do with money? Well, I definitely turn my bills, you know, like, yeah, that's yeah. a thing for me. I just can't take it. Like, I and I have to flatten mine out. Yeah. I hate crumpled bills. I'm like, who does that? Like, people no. that like to aggravate cashiers. Apparently. Um, but also, I've noticed you always pay in bigger bills. Oh, yeah. Like, if it yeah. is, you can have exact change. You will always pay in a bigger bill. Yeah, just go ahead and bust it. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and bust it. Right. Like, I can do so much more with that later. Yep. Um, of course, now, I have limits. Like, I, I only, like, carry 50s anymore. And that's because I live, you know, Princeton. Well, we're still technically in a small town. But Princeton was a weird place to try to bust 100. I will say that. Mm -hmm. That was a weird place. Like, $100, you might as well have, have like, a ski mask on and, like, your little bag with the money side on it. Because busting a $100 bill in that town, you got treated like such a crook. Mm -hmm. So, like, I limit it 50. But I will bust a 50 for, like, two bucks. I don't care. Right. But <laughs> I'm, no, like, seriously thinking about getting out a couple hundred out of the freezer and putting them in our wallets. That sounds like a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, we'll never be able to spend them. <laughs> I don't care. I can spend it where I want to. The point is to have it to attract more. Well, it, that's true. Nobody's going to take two ounces of salt, but it attracts more <laughs> money. Absolutely. Yeah. All uh, right. Mary has a question, so go ahead and read it. She does. Mary112857, will Bill's manager have a favorable interview with me? Job is remote. Let me take a look here. Yes, I think it is a favorable interview. I think it'll be a good one. All right, Mary, you already got you already got my next tip for you. Except I'm gonna get a little different there. I want you to take those silver nickel, the silver dimes, and put them in your pocket before you go into the interview. The other thing is I want you to visit a bank before you do the interview. Go in and check your balance, whatever. Get in that money energy and then carry it into the interview with you. But no, the interview looks really well. It does well for you. There'll be work there, but you need to be focused on it. There we go. Yeah. All right. The double, the two nickels thing, I really didn't understand for a long time because it was just a note wrote in my one of my grandmother's notebooks. Job interview today. Got to go get two nickels. I was like, why do you two nickels? Never understood that, but it, it works every time. Every time I've had someone go for a job interview, I'll tell them to put two nickels in their pocket. Silver nickels. We don't want any of these new plastic ones. We want silver nickels. <laughs> and they'll get the job. Um, one of our friends graduated good in his class. 
smart pharmacist. I don't care where that boy went for a narrow interview. He didn't get, he couldn't get one. Told him to do the nickel thing. He got one and they paid for him to move. Yes. He got, that was a really good job. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that one worked out really, really well. Um, and I guess I was just now thinking like talking about energy going into a job interview. I've told people for years, like, because the the last time I interviewed, I honest to God walked into that interview and I had already started to hit the nervousness mm-hmm. of, you know, I really need to get this job. I really have to get this job. And I went, okay, no, I like, I'm going to freeze up. I'm going to lock up. This is going to be bad. And twice now, because I've done a job interview since then. And both times... I walked into the interview with the mindset of, I don't need this job. I'm not going to get this job. I don't need this job. And, you know, I, I'm here for practice. I And just now thinking about it is, honestly, that kind of described that last, like, position I got. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a lot of practice. And I will say by the time it was over, I no longer felt like I needed that job. <laughs> like someone else needed that job. Anyone else needed that job. <laughs> I don't know. And if you say, here's the thing is I got to watch, you know, some of the, where I'm <clears throat> energetic. Every time I do anything for someone to get a new job, which by the way, I do have a, get, um, j- um, get a job bath salt on my website, but you better be ready to work. And I don't want another job interview from it. Cause every time I prep this up for somebody, <laughs> I get a job offer. I know you have too many jobs, no yeah. more jobs. <laughs> you can only split me so many ways. I enjoy my work. I love my work. Um, I love some things about my work and I hate some things about my work, but guess what? I love my career. I'm having so much fun doing this. You know, I used to say that I stopped working in 19, well, in 2004, I retired. I have a paper that says I retired. So I haven't been working since 2004. That doesn't mean I don't get up and do my 70 hours a week that I enjoy doing on my terms, my schedule. But I don't work. David doesn't work. I just collect the check. There you go. Yep. Oh. But yeah, well, and see, but that's my thing. Like, I thought it was good advice for a long time, but then I really like I'm kind of thinking back on it now. I'm like, I don't know that was the best advice I could have given people. Is like every time, yeah, yeah, it never worked for me. Well, but thinking about it now, it really didn't. Like, I wasn't nervous. You, I hate to say this, but me and you both suck as employees. (laughs) <laughs> or CEOs. We do great as CEOs, but both of us suck as employees. To a, to a large degree. Like, I, well, it's not like I'm a horrible employee. Like, I'm not going to, like, rob you blind or anything. Um, it's not that. It's just I don't do a lot of dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, and, yeah, I don't really mesh well in some corporate environments at all. Oh, I like, wonderful at a corporate environment where I tell them exactly what I think. I don't know how many times I have had the boardroom experience of don't fuck with me, fellas. <laughs> well, I haven't had that one. I've got, I've spent a, uh, I spent a large chunk of my career 
repetitively in trouble for going, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you on? What what kind of brain damage do you have? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand. Like, m- help make this make sense. Mm-hmm. And then having people that were, <laughs> you know, able to fire me, um, <laughs> look at me and go, these are really things you shouldn't be saying right now. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, <laughs> don't do that again. Right. Um, but at the same time, also seeing the long-term, like, fall out of that. And it's like, ha I was right. Um, like, hope you enjoyed that. But, you know. <laughs> All right, y'all. We have reached the end of our time. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed our guests. We always have fun with guests. We have mm-hmm. some new fun guests coming up in July and August. If you want to yes. be a guest, we are booking guests. Um, but on to the most important things. Um, for our baristas, if you were not at the meeting last night, Under the Table and Dreaming is becoming a living magazine, meaning that you will get articles as they become available. Mm-hmm. So you get more time to enjoy and read them. Um, is one. Um, the other thing is coming August 1st, I will be raising my rates for all clients. Yep. Been a while since you got a raise. Well, hasn't it? It has, and I'm having difficulty, mm-hmm. but we're going to have to do it. We have no other choice. Thank you, PayPal, for becoming assholes. Well, yeah, they did pretty steeply increase their rates. Yes. Um, so we do have that coming. So, but yeah. No, all good things. I think we're still reasonable um, because we even sat down and like compared you out, right? And went, okay, where's the rest of this market at? Yeah. So yeah, but of course we do want to thank our baristas. Um, we we really do appreciate your Patreon support, and we honestly could not do the show without you. Um, and I am just waiting for you guys to swing back around because I can't get my timing right to save my life. Right, but we need to bring up something about the baristas while we're waiting. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, baristas do get a discount on both our services. Oh, yeah. 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 You get nice discounts. Like, take more classes. No, you've had a couple of people, I think, signed up specifically to take your classes with the discount. Yeah. That would be a good thing. But if you like my services, if you like getting readings, if you like getting free information, check mm-hmm. out our, you know, the Barista Club. Because our baristas are our best. And there you go. You're right on mark, dear. All righty. So, of course, we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda Bryant, Ashley Guest, Shannon C, and Shannon D. If you'd like to learn more about us or the show or how to become a pa- uh, Patreon uh, subscriber, please visit pcspnetwork.com. Yes. And then when I need you, everyone listening and watching this video to do two things to help this show. Click the like or click the like button, the thumbs up button or the like button. And leave a comment, an actual comment. Now, if you're a spammer, please understand I will bibbity bobbity you into the next planet. Mm-hmm. And put you in a potato and let it rot. You know what I mean, because you're a scammer and you know what that is. There you go. Yep. But everyone else, like, comment below, subscribe or follow, whichever one works, on your platform. So that you can get a lot more content that we will be sending out. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 
All right, y'all. You guys have a magical day. And always, you can share us around. Bye, y'all. Bye.